Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 326, Joe and Big Al help you rack up more tax-free retirement income in those ever-important Roth accounts. They'll talk about the pros and cons of a Roth IRA versus a Roth 401k, how to pay the tax on a Roth conversion, how to avoid violating the 60-day rollover rule when doing a Megatron, or excuse me, a mega backdoor Roth, and Roth IRA contributions in retirement when receiving restricted stock units or RSUs. Download a free copy of the ultimate guide to Roth IRAs from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to find out how you can get lifetime tax-free growth on your investments. Plus, can you move money from a solo 401k to an IRA before age 59 and a half? What suggestions do the fellows have for certified financial planner professionals to be? And should your umbrella insurance policy match your net worth? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Schmitty from the Villages, our boy Schmitty. Hey guys, recently I transferred my individual 401k from Fidelity to Vanguard because Vanguard offers a Roth 401k option with their individual 401k. Fidelity does not. I asked my rep at Vanguard if they had any restrictions with me moving money from my individual Roth 401k to my Roth IRA, also at Vanguard. My rep said I'm free to do so. So I have two questions. Can I move funds from my individual Roth 401k to my Roth IRA multiple times per year, or would there be restrictions? What are the pros and cons of leaving my funds in an individual 401k versus moving some of the funds out into my Roth IRA? I don't believe I have the same access to all Vanguard index funds with either account. Oh, I do believe I have the same access. All right. Schmitty from the Villages. He's got 2013 Edgewater Bait Boat. By the way, I prefer the derails at half speed because it sounds a lot like you all milked happy hour for all you could. Oh, wow. So he listens to the derails really slow. So we sound drunk. Thanks, Schmitty. <laughs> Is it maybe it's funnier that way? I don't know. Sounds like I think I think we should try double speed, don't you, Joe? Well, yeah, triple speed. That's how I, I listen to my books on tape. <laughs> oh, so that was about you. It was not about. No, it was me. not. It was that about wasn't... another person that we all knew. <laughs> yes. So I can listen to eight books and. <laughs> In a half an hour. <laughs> you know, if you get multiple devices, you can listen to two or three books, triple speed, and in one have day, one in each year. Yeah, I keep have... my car. I keep my car running just so I can. I have a book playing in there. A book playing in there, and then you have your your phone going, and then you got some other portable device, your iPad. So you listen to three at a time. Exactly. <laughs> just cram it in. You probably do it when you go to sleep too. That way. By 24 hour period, you've listened to 400 books and you're really smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway. Okay, so people are driving me nuts with this individual 401k versus the Roth 401k. It doesn't matter. They're both in Vanguard. You have the same funds. There's very, very little difference whatsoever. So by moving the individual 401k to the Roth IRA, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You don't really get the, I mean, if if the individual Roth 401k has the same protections as um, a safe harbor 401k um, in regards to bankruptcy, I don't think it does. It, it doesn't, but you still, as far as IRAs, at least in California, you get somewhere a little over a million dollars of protection. Right. 
Um, th- there's no difference in my opinion, right? I would keep it in the Roth 401k until you decide to move it once you turn age 72. That's the big deal. Age 72 in a Roth 401k, you have to take a required minimum distribution. Schmitty, I don't think you're anywhere near age 72. So keep it in the Roth 401k until you fully retire where you're not funding the Roth 401k anymore. Can you move the Roth 401k into a Roth IRA? Or can you move a, a, a solo 401k into a um, IRA? The answer is maybe. You have to look at in-service withdrawals because it is under Section 401k. Like you can move IRAs all you want um, in regards to transfers, but you can only do a, a rollover once a year. And same with 401k rules. It depends on the plan doc and how you set the thing up. Does it allow for in-service withdrawals? And what that means is that the plan is still in service. You're still working. You're still an active participant in that 401k plan. And it allows you then to take money from the 401k plan as you're still contributing to the plan and moving it into an IRA. But I don't, there's no difference really until he turns 72, in my opinion. I would agree. I, I can't think of any reason to do it unless you're 72. Because if you're 72, if it's in a Roth 401k, you have to start taking required minimum distributions, even though it's a Roth. 401k. If you if you transfer it to a Roth IRA, then you do not have to take uh, RMDs. So that would be the reason. That's about the only reason I could think of. Right. Now, uh, we're going to get emails on this. Are you sure about this? Roth 401ks have a required minimum distribution. <laughs> Roth IRAs do not have required yes. minimum distributions. I think that's not widely known, Joe. So it's it's good to repeat it. Yeah, right. so we probably said it, you know, I don't know, 50 times over the last 100 shows, but <laughs> it's it's worthwhile saying. All right. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, Schmitty, we got Tom from Chicago writes in. All right. Andy, Joe in Massive Al. Oh, Grande Al, but now Massive Al. Massive. Massive. I have a follow up question uh, regarding RSUs. This is Tom from Chicago here again. Still loving your podcast and non-advice that you provide weekly. I'd like to clarify that I'm not 45 years old. I'm really 60. And I'm true to this financial podcast. But was he lying to us before or something? Now he's coming home? I don't know. (laughs) I think we guessed he was 45 and he's a little older, apparently. We're going to have a new segment. I want people coming in asking for like advice on Everything but finances. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> right. Well, we'll try. We'll give you advice on how to change electrical uh, outlets. And no, I just I want to get in. Like you know, if people are lying to their spouse, or they caught in some weird ass you know predicament. Oh, you want that would, kind of shit? I would okay. like to know. I would like. Okay. To know. And then uh-huh. I would give them my perspective on their life. Wow. Oh, so you want to be like a like a psychologist? No, I would like to be. He like, wants to be Dear Joe. Yeah, Dear that's Joe. right. I got to call him coming out next week. Dr. Joe instead of Dr. Phil. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I really am 60. And I am true to this financial podcast. I've tried a few others, but only subscribe to YMYW. Wow. Whoa. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tommy. I really would like to retire in three years and have been trying prep for that during my morning runs, listening to the pearls of wisdom you guys 
in part weekly. I have some specific, possibly odd, questions due to my background in training. I'm a PhD statistician working for a tech company. Wait a minute. You can say statistician? That's easier to say. That just like rolled off your tongue. Yeah, because I took statistics in college. Okay. Very statistical inclined. He's he's particularly good at that word. Apparently <laughs> so. All right, uh, we make CPAs look flashy. This Ooh, guy's a I like, PhD I like statistician. That. Oh my god, Tom! He's like, look at the big brain on Tom, um, and he listens to our garbage. This is what just blows my mind. Uh, we try our best. Yeah, we get PhDs listening to this stuff. Uh, But we are not as nerdy as math professors. As such, I tend to be... Oh, God. What is that? Punctilious? Punctilious. Punctilious. Andy Andy defined it for you. Showing great attention to detail or correct behavior. All right. Punctilious. (laughs) Punctilious. Okay. Uh, when I retire, my RSUs will continue to vest over three years after I leave my job. No early vesting like some companies have at retirement. Oh, wow. Okay. He'll continue to vest after he leaves. That's mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Yeah. I should receive about 60K the first year, 40K the second, and 20K the third year. As RSUs count as earned income, does that mean I could contribute to a Roth IRA $7,000 maximum each of the first three years of retirement? As I'm a married, um, as I am married, can my wife also contribute to her Roth IRA uh, for the same amount, even if she's not employed? Thus, together we can put fourteen thousand dollars a year uh, as the RSU's best. Thanks again for your wonderful show in keeping me entertained and engrossed on my six-mile morning runs. All right, Doctor Tom. Okay, so he's got RSUs. He's not working. RSUs are taxed at ordinary income. Uh, can he contribute to a Roth IRA? Is it earned? Is the question? Is it earned income? It's a good. It's a good question, and the, the answer is Tom probably not uh, because there's a, couple, a few different ways. I think that companies report RSUs in this particular case. I think what's generally done is that the social security taxes are paid at the point that you retire, right? Which, you know, whatever date that is, or in some cases, the company can elect to report that, but before year end, but file it before year end. So I think what's going to happen is the, the 60,000, uh, and the forty thousand, the twenty thousand, that would just be ordinary income, and you would have already paid the the social security taxes in that first year. That's that's what I've seen. Not every company understands this rule. I mean, it's kind of an obscure rule. So if your company happens to give you a W two for three years that has it on there with social security withheld, go for it. Yeah, then why not? I mean, that, why not? Or if they give you a ten ninety nine that you can call self employment income, go for it. Right. But I, I, that's what I've generally seen is they'll 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 kind of front load the FICA. So you don't really get it over time. All right. Hopefully that helps, Tom. Greg, he writes in from Hampshire, Illinois. Andy, Big Al and Joe got a tax question for you regarding you guessed it, Roth conversions and the best way to pay the taxes. Uh, we're a married couple. Um, over the years, we've accumulated a couple of million dollars in IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, and 457s, 
In other investments, currently distribution is 80% standard IRA 401k, 2 million bucks, 10% Roth, 200 grand, 10% in other savings. Staying within the 24% tax bracket, we're considering Roth conversions this year by converting $125,000 per year. Living in Illinois, it's my understanding that we won't be paying any state income taxes, so we'd only be paying federal. The question, what is the best way to cover the taxes? Uh, what's the best way? What do you think? No. Well, he's got two choices. Yeah, I know, but he's you got to pay the tax outside of the the, the raw. That's my yeah, opinion. Well, well, that is the best way. So he's got two options. Should he have withholding out of the conversion or because uh, he's turning 59 and a half later this year, or should he take 30,000 out of his after-tax savings? That's almost always the preferred way is the after-tax money, because then you get more into the Roth IRA. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you, if you pay the tax out of the, out of the 125,000 that you're putting into the Roth, pay 30,000, you're going to end up with 95,000 in the Roth. You still got your 30,000 in the cash account, savings account. I'd rather have the, the 125 in the Roth. Right, because it's a, all future earnings are tax free. Even if you need it later, you just pull it out tax free. So yeah, that that to me is the way to go. Yeah. Um, so you have a couple hundred thousand there, thirty thousand dollars a year. You could get a, a good chunk out at the twenty four percent tax bracket, and then when you retire, you know you probably just want to go to the twelve percent. So you spend um, a little bit in tax, but you're building a, a bigger core in the the tax free. So um, you can take it out of the conversion, but we very rarely, you have to have a lot more, I think than $2 million um, in a retirement account, or you have that pensions. There's some circumstances where it does make a lot of sense to pay the tax from the conversion itself. Yeah, I agree, um, I agree with that. So let, let's say you had $2 million in an, in an IRA and you've got a hundred thousand dollar pension $150,000 pension and you have zero non-qualified. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're kind of in an extreme tax situation. So I think I would recommend withholding in that case, as long as you're over 59 and a half, we got to put that caveat in there. Cause if you're under 59 and a half, the withholding, not only you have to pay tax on the withholding, but you have a 10% penalty too. Yeah. So um, you want to be careful there. So good question. Great job of uh, accumulating some wealth. Uh, Greg from New Hampshire. Download that ultimate guide to Roth IRAs for free from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to learn the differences between a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA, and a Roth 401k. Find out about Roth contributions versus Roth conversions and backdoor Roth conversions. Learn about taking withdrawals from a Roth and much more. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes to download your ultimate guide to Roth IRAs for free. Of course, you can also click the get an assessment button and schedule a free financial assessment video call. Okay, we got... Hi, my name is Satish. Satish. I'm going to guess it's Satish. Al, any guesses? Uh, Andy usually has a really good intuition, so I'll go with that. Satish. (laughs) Thanks, Al. I think it's Satish. (laughs) Satish sounds cooler. Satish. (laughs) <laughs> I saw your YouTube financial advice videos. Thanks for sharing the knowledge and helping the community. Hope you can help me clarify a situation I encountered with a rollover. Okay. Let's see what we got here. I was trying to follow the savings strategy known as mega backdoor Roth. Oh, 
in uh, quotes there, mega, mega backdoor Roth. The strategy is characterized by the ability to make after-tax contributions to my employer 401k and then do an in-service withdrawal of the after-tax contributions to a non-company Roth IRA. My employer 401k offered in-service withdrawals of after-tax contributions and associate earnings. Okay. Everything sounds good to me. Yep. So far, so good. For the first rollover request, I received two distribution checks from my employer's plan. One check was related to associate earnings that came as a direct rollover with payable to Vanguard, my financial institution holding IRA, FBO of my name, and I deposit the check into the traditional IRA tax deferred. The second check was related to the principal after-tax contributions that came on my name. I think it will fall into an indirect roller, rollover or 60-day rollover that I deposited into my Roth IRA tax-free. My employer, 401k plan administrator, confirmed I can do multiple rollover requ- requests at any time and there's no limits on the frequency. I repeated the rollovers three times with three different amounts in three different dates during March and April of 2021. Question. Vanguard. My financial institution holding IRA told me I may have violated the 60-day IRS rollover policy by depositing more than one check that came in my name into my Roth IRA account. As per them, indirect 60-day rollover in IRA can only be done once in 365 days. Okay. Um, I agree that an IRA rollover... um, in such a manner is once a year, but she's not doing an, a, an IRA rollover. It, it, I mean, it's not going from IRA to IRA and she's not doing a 60 day rollover. Is I guess my point, it seems to me right. that she's doing but, a direct but, rollover, but it's, it's strange that it's coming in her name. So is she just putting that into her Roth account or is she putting it into her bank account and then putting it into the Roth by writing a check? That would be a problem for sure. I mean, the way it's supposed to happen is that you get the you get the um, in-service withdrawal, but it's in the name of your your um, financial institution like Vanguard. Then it's it doesn't there's no issue. But when it's in your name, it it's it could be a little bit dicier. So Satish, Satish, Sunrise. <laughs> That's what it means. Apparently, is my employer four hundred one k plan administrator. And it's a boy's name. Got it. Uh, uh, the only <laughs> restriction for how many 60-day rollovers you can do within a year would be from IRA to IRA, not from 401k to IRA. So there's no issue with the number of indirect rollovers I did in my Roth account. Ask, as IRA and retirement experts, can you please help clarify what is the actual rule? Did I violate any IRS rules or can I do a multiple indirect 60-day rollover from my 401k plan to an IRA? Thanks in advance for your help and guidance. If needed, I can call to share additional details to get your guidance. Uh, By all means, please call. Uh, First of all, we're not experts in anything. So thank you for that. See, she's putting the pressure on us, Al. Yeah, or he. Or he, sorry. Yeah. Um, Can you, as IRA and retirement experts. (laughs) uh, Well, I I think Ed Ed Slot's an expert. We're just... uh, couple of radio guys 
<laughs> what Satish is doing is right on because we have clients that have a very similar uh, provisions where they can do multiple in-service withdrawals. He's doing an in-service withdrawal. That's not a 60 day rollover. Your employer uh, plan is correct. Or your 401k plan administrator is correct. I would not, I mean, you're talking to someone at Vanguard um, probably from an 800 number um, right. No offense. I love Vanguard, but they're, they're probably not, you know, a true expert on what they're actually doing. You're, you're getting checks and they're like, Oh, is this a 60 day rollover? Well, you can only do a 60 day rollover once every 365 days, which used to be once every calendar year. And what a 60 day rollover is this. I have an IRA that I'm taking money out of the IRA. I have 60 days to pay the money back into the IRA with no harm, no foul. So I move it out of my IRA I can move it back into my IRA or I can move it into another traditional IRA. So it's, it's not an ACAT transfer. So a transfer is moving it from Vanguard to Fidelity, Fidelity back to Vanguard, Vanguard to Merrill Lynch, whatever. That's ACAT. You don't see the money. A 60 day rollover is usually used to use capital for 60 days as like a zero um, cost loan. You're just taking the loan from yourself and then you pay yourself back after 60 days. It's a 60-day rollover that you have access to the money with no penalties, no taxes. As long as it's paid back within the 60 days, you could do that one time every 365 years. What this individual is doing is doing an in-service withdrawal from a 401k plan. The 401k plan is sending him two checks. One check is the after-tax component. So they're just putting that into his name because it's after tax. He's taking that and he's putting it into his Roth IRA. The other component is taxable, right? Because that's the growth of whatever after tax dollars that he had to do the mega Megatron backdoor barnyard Roth conversion. <laughs> so, so, so he's the fine. Only, to me, the only caveat is when he gets that check, in his name, he would have to send that right to the custodian. If he puts it in his account first and then writes a check, now you got a problem. With a little commingle, you know, a little scam, yep. a little arm's length. Yep, a little, little issue there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hopefully that helps. Appreciate uh, Satish. Appreciate it. We got Carl from Denver writes in. He goes, let me explain my situation. I'm now confused about the 401k move I want to make. I wish to transfer liquid funds from my solo 401k over to an IRA. Prior to watching your program, I thought I was allowed to do so without any risk of penalties. Um, or scrutiny once I reach 59 and a half years old. But now I'm not so sure. After watching all of your programming on tax-related planning, I have come to believe that either, A, I can go ahead and move my money now, even though I'm not quite 59 and a half yet, because that's allowed as long as I'm 55, which occurred a long time ago. So he's not quite 59 and a half, but 55 was just decades ago. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> I can't do that even after I reach 59 and a half, unless I inform the IRS that I'm retiring, but I don't want to because I want to keep working and plowing my earned income into my solo 401k and my IRA. 
Both. So, what is it? A or B or more likely neither? Can you help me? Sign confused in Denver. All right. So I I reached out to Carl. Yeah. He's like, hey, he keeps emailing. He's like, did you get my email? <laughs> did you get my email? I'm like, we get hundreds of these things. Right. And he, he wrote it to you, Big Al, and I don't he know did. why the hell I'm answering it. Because <laughs> you like to answer these. I'm too busy. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Sometimes when people annoy me enough, they might just like, they they get, might get your answer. Yeah. So I, I go, why the hell do you want to do this anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we, we went through this already earlier in the show. Exactly. It's like generally with a solo K, it's it's probably at the same brokerage firm as your IRA, you can, same investments. What's the difference? Nice get in a solo 401k, depending on your income, you could put a lot more money, 50 some odd thousand dollars in a solo 401k, depending on what your income is. And then you can still contribute to the IRA. So why are you want to mess with all this stuff? Um, because he wants to invest in individual stocks, Al. Okay. So he, and I was like, okay, well, we'll just transfer the, the 401k to a brokerage house that will allow that you to invest in individual right. 401k, I mean, individual stocks. Right. I mean, he wants to make his life difficult. Well, I don't want to do that because then, uh, then I got to move the money. And that's like, well, then who cares? Then why are you bothering me? Right. So but then he went I on and said, I think Big Al is the smartest guy in the world. And Joe, you're okay. <laughs> but I really want to sit down with Big Al. I really want to meet with Big Al. Yeah. yeah. And I got to meet with Big Al. And I was like, well, Big Al, I go, you're giving the guy too much credit. He's old. <laughs> He's forgetful. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, well, he so can't for, remember. Well, I can't remember that part. Um, so, well, we, we couldn't just answer his question. Can, can he do, can he transfer from a, um, a solo K to an IRA before 59 and a half? It depends upon the plan, but most plans we've seen, Joe, you have to be 59 and a half for an in-service withdrawal. Correct. So it doesn't matter whether you're 55 or 57 or 58. It's just this, it's the solo K's plan and what it allows you to do with regards to in-service withdrawals. That, it's as simple as that. But I would agree with you, Joe. I don't really see a re good reason to do that. If, if you want to invest differently, then change the, change the type of account you have and you're solo K. It's no big deal. Right. But it, the, the custodian that he has, only allows mutual funds, ETFs, and the like. They, he, I, apparently, according to him, I didn't do any research for this. Oh, in um, the IRA? In, in the 401, in the solo 401k. So, but he can do it in the IRA. So he wants to do the in-service withdrawal, move it into the yeah. IRA so he can buy his Tesla, I'm guessing, or Netflix or Google or, you know, Alphabet. Right. Um, so if... I, I just said, you, you got to check the, the plan doc. If you can do an in-service withdrawal, then you can do it as much as you want. Um, then by all means, do it. If you if, can't, if you, if you, if you can't, if you just really, really want to do this, then close out your solo K transfer to an IRA and then later set up another one. How about that? I mean, it's yeah, a lot of could, work for, for, for nothing, but <laughs> you could. Yeah, you could absolutely do that. Yeah, just close down the 401k, roll that into an IRA, and then open up another solo 401k. And then you just can play around with the stocks in there. And then the, the future contributions will have to go in your um, index funds. And Yeah, um, and then once you hit 59 and a half, then you can start doing in-service withdrawals. Right, or just move it to another brokerage account that allows individual stocks inside your solo 401k. Yeah, sure. Yeah, fine. that's a, that seems simpler. <laughs> Okay. All right, Carl. Well, uh, I appreciate the, the kudos. 
Carl loves you. Usually like, it's Joe. You're the one that's getting all the acclaim. Yeah. Well, I, I every got now, Every now and then I get somebody. I got Juan, my guy. He <laughs> loves me. But besides he that, does. everyone else calls me Joel. <laughs> and Al's being called massive. 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 Oh, all right. Okay. Should I set the stage stage uh, straight? Uh, my BMI is uh, 24. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I'm not massive. Your your body um, um, mass index mass Ma- index Ma- mass index. I'm, yep. it's coming. It was coming. Hey, do you know what's included in the American Rescue Plan and how we're paying for it and how it might affect your retirement plans? Download our free guide from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to learn about this new COVID-19 relief package, the recovery rebates, the enhanced child and dependent tax credits, unemployment, and much more. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to access the show notes and all the free resources. And of course, click Ask Joe and Al on air in the show notes and send in your money questions and your comments and suggestions as well. Andy from Alexandria, Virginia writes in. Hi, Jill, Big Al, and Andy. My favorite, but I'm biased on the name. Thank Andy, you, Andy. Nice Andy to meet you. Andy and Andy. I've been really enjoying the podcast over the last few months since I've discovered it, and I'm working my way through older episodes, which I know baffles Joe on why anyone would bother. You're very true, Andy. <laughs> Very, very true. Um, Unlike most of your listeners, I'm not looking for advice on my own finances, but more enjoying your episodes as examples of types to help others as I'm looking on how you approach answering them. Okay, This is because I'm looking to switch careers into financial planning from software product project management. And I feel like I'm learning a lot from the episodes. I'm in my mid-30s and currently working for my CFP coursework with plans to take the CFP exam in the coming year. All right, this is while still working my current job. My question, therefore, isn't about a garage door Roth, but is, what advice would you give someone looking to move into the industry and looking to be a a desirable hire for companies like Pure? What else should I be doing in the meantime before starting on job applications? I drive a Honda Fit. And we get paid to watch other people's dogs. So we got a new furry friend in the house every week. Thank you so much, Andy. Well, that would kind of bug me to have a furry friend in my house every week. Even if you got paid for it? I don't know. I got like friends that come into my house every week. It's the same thing. It's like, you're you're furry and bug They slobber around looking for doors. You can't get paid for that? Oh, I know. I wish I could. All right, Andy, let's talk about your career here in the financial planning. So there's two sides of this career. One is that there is the technical side. So congratulations on getting that coursework done. Uh, the CFP is the gold star of our profession. It goes through several different areas of financial planning, takes a deep dive. The exam is uh, very difficult. And if you can get through the coursework, get through um, the exam and the pre-course study work and everything else, that is a huge accomplishment and you should be extremely proud as I am because I'm a certified financial planner. <laughs> yeah, from you, the CFP. Yes. Are CPA. you proud of yourself? Are you C- proud of yourself, Joe? Yeah, the CPA is a joke. 
<laughs> wow, that's not what I've heard. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. You know, actually, the uh, chartered financial analyst has us both trumped. Yes, that, the that's CFA. harder still. That is yeah. harder still. Okay, so all right. Um, so that's one side of it, right? <clears throat> I would. Yeah. I think you're doing the right thing by listening to financial podcasts, probably reading financial books, you know, other, what I used to love to do is read other financial advisors books, even though I didn't learn a thing. I, I learned how they communicated certain financial topics when I was getting into the business, because the one side of it is that you could know everything in the world about financial planning, taxes, investments, insurance, um, estate planning, whatever. But if you don't have anyone to share your information with, you're not going to be in the business that long because you have to gain clients. And to gain clients, you need to have a, an ability to get yourself out there and to motivate people to take action once you get down and sit down with them. So some people hate that side of the business and some people love it. So what should you be thinking about? Um, well, what career, what career track would you want to go down? You know what I mean? So you could go, let's say the wirehouses, like the big Merrill Lynch's of the world and Morgan Stanley and Wells Fargo. They could put you in a training program. Um, I would say most 80%, 90%. I don't know what the, the exact percentage is fail out. Right. In, in about what a year or two, 18 months. Yeah. Year or two, because they don't have anyone to sell to Right. It's like, all right, well, here's my friends and family. Here's my natural resources. He's in his mid thirties. So he's got a little bit of an advantage than someone right out of college because Andy's got, an, I don't know if Andy's a girl or a guy. I'm sorry, Andy, but he spells it like a guy. So I'm going to assume, uh, yeah, but yeah. Andy's got life experience where, you know, it's more than someone at 21, you know, coming out of college and, you know, coming straight out of college, like I did to get in the profession, it was a nightmare. I mean, I hated this career for at least a couple of years. All I did was cold call people in the middle of their dinner to try to, you know, sell them a loaded so would, mutual fund. Would you, would you just go through the white pages or how did you get your list to call? Oh, I'd buy leads. I'll come Are on. Buy leads. Okay. Oh yes. All right. The Glenn Gary's. Got it. <laughs> that were mostly wrong numbers and disconnected lines. Got it. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. Yeah, it was great. 150, 200 dials a day. You, you better like had... rejection, right? Oh, God. Yeah. So, you know, th the goal was to set maybe two appointments a day. You know, so you're constantly doing that. And then you finally get someone. Then you got to get them in. You set the appointment and they don't show up, of course. And then they're like, hey, yeah, can you come over? Um, I don't want to come to your office. Sure, I'll come over. Then you come over, you knock on the door, you see them sit in the living room. They're not answering their damn phone, you know, the door. You know, it's the middle of winter. And then you finally do like meet with someone. And then I'm sitting at their kitchen table. And then they got right. kids screaming, the dog's humping your leg. I mean, it's a total nightmare of a business. <laughs> so you don't recommend that route. Right. So you got to find a firm that what are you looking if you have a natural market, if you're really good and you have people that you can give advice to already, well, then you're way ahead of the game. And so you want to find a firm that will give you a career track. I think some really good certified financial planners don't necessarily want to be client facing. They don't want to motivate the client. They don't want to sell anything. They just want to give advice. Well, then join a firm that has um, a slot where you don't have to bring in your own clients that you can work with other advisors as a team. 
you know, um, then you can kind of cut your teeth there to figure out, all right, well, you know, what steps do I want to make? But if you get your CFP, you're, you're going to be way ahead of the game. You have life experience. You got a CFP. A lot of firms, I think, will give you a shot. Um, you might want to go to like Fidelity or Schwab. Um, you could, you know, start there and work in their centers where you don't necessarily have to gain clients. You can service those clients and then get referrals from those clients to get more. Um, or you could go out on your own. I mean, there's all sorts of different routes that you could go, but I guess you're going to have to research, you know, do I want to go, you know, strictly fee only? Do I want to work in the broker dealer where there's product sales? Do you want to, um, yeah, 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 you know, I guess the, the, the options are endless, which is exciting. Uh, but it's also a very difficult business to, to get into. It, it can be. And, and Pure Financial is a registered investment advisor. And, and I think the industry is shifting slowly, but shifting you know, from the old broker dealer to registered investment advisors. Some RIAs uh, are fee only, like Pure Financial. Some are hybrid, so they sell product as well. But I think if you're a CFP, you probably would be interested in a registered investment advisor hooking on with a firm that uh, is going to fit what your longer term goals are, as you said, Joe. And then from there, maybe it works out at that firm or maybe not. Maybe there's a different firm or maybe you want to do it yourself. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to go. I mean, Andy, once you get closer, I mean, I'll be more than happy to talk to you. And in, in point you in the right direction, depending on, uh, or introduce you to some firms, you know, l- looking at what you want to do. Um, you know, I think this is a, an awesome profession. We do so much for people, um, helping them a- accomplish their overall financial goals and dreams, save the money in taxes, pass money, you know, to the kids, get kids through school. Uh, so it's very rewarding career. Um, and it's also a lot of fun, uh, but it, it, it can be miserable. <laughs> Speaking if you, from if you go the wrong way, speaking yeah. from experience. Um, so understand what you're getting into. You know what I mean? It's like, I love the financial advising part, but if you don't have anyone to advise, you're not advising anyone. You're not helping anyone. So you've got to get a client base. So there's a, a sales act aspects to it. There's a business development aspect to it that I think a lot of advisors that are getting into the business don't truly understand. And I think that's why they fail out. And that's why it's a shame. And I think the industry is failing these younger advisors to make sure that they have a true career path in changing the industry as a whole, uh, because everyone out there probably needs some sort of advice, either if it's hourly, even if it's free or whatever, someone to kind of bounce some ideas off of. That's why we get thousands of these, um, or not thousands, probably four of these email questions a month. We just make up the other ones. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's not true. We actually get a lot of them. We try to read it. We, we try to get to them all, but some some are like four or five pages. And they really, what you need is a financial plan. Is, is what you need. Yeah, instead of us <laughs> spending an hour reading your question on the air, uh, Eric Sacramento, a non Roth question. I have a million dollar umbrella policy in addition to standard home fire and auto insurance. Should I increase my umbrella coverage? As my assets increase, background, age 58, retiring at age 60. I got the policy when my assets, home and money, were around a million dollars. A decade later, a $3.5 million net worth. Boom. Well, good job. What do you think? Should he match his umbrella policy to his net worth, Alan? That's that's kind of a general standard rule of thumb. Not a bad idea. So... 
sometimes it's difficult to get too high of an umbrella. I'd probably at least go to 2 million and see what the options are past that. Yeah, I would. I, um, me personally, I, I've always, um, with my liquid assets in real estate, you, you so let's say if my net worth was three and a half million, I yeah. would definitely go 3 million bucks. Um, for sure. Do you, if it's cheap, right? What's, yeah, what's yeah. a $3 million umbrella policy going to cost them? Maybe a thousand bucks a year. Yeah, it's, it's cheap and, and you probably will never need it, but if you do, you'll you sure be glad you have it and put it right. that way. I got Because what an umbrella, what an umbrella policy does is it takes your, your limits on your auto and home. Let's just say the auto is 300,000 or 500,000 per accident. But you got it. You were in a terrible accident, and there's all kinds of medical bill or whatever, right? And so, so the judgment against you is a million and a half. Well, your insurance only pays five hundred thousand, so you pay the other million. But if you have an umbrella policy, it sits on top of that, and so the umbrella insurance company pays that extra million. That, that's the point of it. Yeah, and if you have a, a fridge full of Coors Lights in your garage. And friends come over and they stumble down the stairs. <laughs> yes. You might need to double that thing up. Yeah, right. So just depends. Uh, so thanks, Eric, from Sacramento, California, which is also north of San Diego and Orange County. That's true. Yes. Thank you, Eric. That is a reference to a previous emailer who told you that something was, I think it was that uh, Orange County was north of San Diego. I do remember that. Yeah. You remember well, Joe, that. you do have a reputation of staying in your bubble. Yeah. Meaning you don't wander too far away. So no. sometimes people want to make sure you're clear where these places are. Got it. Got it. Um, no, I am going to go to Orange County one of these days um, when it opens up a little bit and see yeah, our yeah. buddy play a little gig. Uh, a little golf. Play no, I'm going to go see our... our uh, Paula Meyer. Paula Meyer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Our musician friend. Yes. Yes. Oh, wait, no. It's Lemire. Paul Lemire, like Revere. I'm going to throw down a couple of Coors Lights and listen to some acoustic wonderfulness uh, yes. in the ears. So that would be pretty fun. Yeah. I might be up. I might be up for that trip. All right. So yeah, I'm going to put it in the calendar for the summer, sometime this summer. Right. Want to thank Juan for writing in. Um, Jose, mi amigo, mi or. Throwing a wet blanket on those finicky fire folks and sending eviction notices to mom's basement dwellers everywhere. Loved it. Speaking of moms, hopefully you were exaggerating that your mom looks like Magna, the leather tanned heater smoking booze polishing off icon from something about Mary. And sends, sends me a picture. Looks just like Ruthie. That is so mean. <laughs> Doesn't look anything like Ruth. Ruthie got that tan. She's sitting outside my house. Just cashing yeah. heaters, throwing down bottles of booze like left and right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, i'm looking at the picture i don't remember ruthie with a wig like that yeah and i, and I don't remember ruthie with that skin color i do recall <laughs> ruthie having a cocktail yeah um <laughs> i don't i don't think she she got that dark though um did she when when she was in san diego she just left i had to kick her out hmm. she was um she was here for about a month and a half and so she yeah. sat outside my house and it was very nice in San Diego. Yeah, but, She's from Minnesota. Right. So right. she got back and she was the talk of the town. Well, look at how beautiful you look with your nice tan. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Very cool. Let's see. Oh, we got this other one. Who's this dude that writes in? Smoking Joe. 
Although he yeah, not- that's, that's also Juan. Juan loves me. He loves you. He, 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 it's gotten to the point where he emails every day or every week. Really? Yeah. Smoking Joe. Although he knocks it out of the park on the Sunday morning cable community access in the former infomercial time slot. Maybe time to take him up a notch or two to the CNBC or Bloomberg type. Wow. Whether or not he takes little big Al and Andy. <laughs> See, you guys are left behind. Juan, he just wants me to hit the big time. Not going to happen, Juan. We are a family here. But one all, we all go, or none of us goes. Isn't that the same? Something like yep. that? All one for one and one for all? Something yeah. like that. Except for I'm leaving first. And you guys can decide <laughs> what you want to do. Joe, I was yeah. going to say there is a question at the top of page 13, or rather a comment that I really think that you should read because I think it could apply to you this weekend. Okay. Joe, Big Allen, Andy, Tom from Chantilly, Chantilly, Virginia. Chantilly, as Joe likes to say. I'm driving my 2019 Silver Honda Pilot down the street with my German Shepherd, Border Collie Mix, in the passenger seat, listening to the derails on podcast 322. Joe mentions using a 529 for culinary or theater classes. When I got home, I did a quick search and found out that it can also be used for a golf academy. Where has this information been? I hear about the barn door, garage door, mega back door, Roth conversion so much that I've started to incorporate it in my dreams. <laughs> Trust me, Tom, me too. That's all I see is the Megatron backdoor now um i will save this for a separate email where has this nugget of information been heck with the kids daddy is going to the golf school love the podcast keep it up great work i'm joining uh, you i'm going to the golf academy i told you yeah. i think we just made plans for you this weekend there it is no i'm so there's just this a job there's just Andy, one, one, one I'm, we're hiring right now what we got a cfp vacancy because i'm joining I'm, the, the, one the minor academy. problem. One minor problem, Joe. I, you don't have a 529 plan. Uh, well, I could put some cash in. <laughs> you can start one. I can start one. I guess I got to work a couple more years just to fund that thing so I can go there to my go. golf academy. Right. Uh, all right. Wonderful show. Thank you very much, Andy. Great job. Thank you. And uh, Big Al, you were a hit. You were it a was fun. Big Carl loves you. So we'll see you guys next week. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule a free financial assessment video call. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the certified financial planners at Pure Financial Advisors can help you identify strategies to create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.